This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. I want you to take your iPad, your iPhone, your Bible, whatever you have, search or swipe. It really doesn't matter as long as it's the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. Look what the Bible says. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. Let me share this. This is not the message. There's three times in the Bible where Jesus shouted. Three times. At Lazarus' tomb. Amen. And on the cross, when he cried out, it is finished, our telestai. And then here. What's amazing? Every time Jesus shouts, there's a resurrection. Amen? Every time he shouts, there's a resurrection. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. Now look, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That does not mean the Methodists are going to heaven first. <laughs> then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Here's the verse I really want you to see. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let it be comfort that Jesus is coming back. I want to take some time and I want to talk to you about the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church or the coming of Christ. A new pastor goes into an area and he's visiting. He's inviting people to church and he goes down to one farm family and he says to that family, uh, are you all a Christian family? They said, no, 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 no. They said, uh, we're the Smiths, the Christian family. They live two farms down. Pastor said, no, 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 you don't, you don't know. That, that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, are you lost? And the old farmer said, no, 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 we're not, we're not lost. We have actually been here 30 years. He said, no, no, you don't, you, you don't understand. He said, are you ready for the coming of Christ? And the old farmer said, well, when is he coming? And the pastor said, well, it could be today and it could be tomorrow. And the old farmer said, well, be sure to let me know because I know my wife will want to go both days. <laughs> Folks, I want to talk to you about the rapture of the church. Now, you say that word rapture, Brother Benny. It's actually not in the Bible. But if you think about it, folks, the word Bible is not in the Bible. Amen? Well, where do you get that word rapture? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. I've said to you many times, the New Testament was written in Greek. And that caught up was actually taken from a word, a Greek word, harpazo. Harpazo. It literally means snatched up. It was really a military term when uh, 
a military group was actually leaving camp, snatched away, or caught up. The Bible says the, the dead shall rise first. Why do you think, Pastor, the dead are going to rise? I just always assumed it was because they're six feet below us. That would equal things out. Amen? And then we which are alive remain shall be caught up. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus is coming back to get his church. Now, when I'm talking about church, I'm not talking about a Baptist. I'm not talking about a Methodist. I'm not talking about a Pentecostal. I'm not talking about a Presbyterian, Episcopalian. I'm talking about a person who's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's what makes you a part of the church. You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I know in whom I have believed. Not in what or which, folks. Not in what or which. Sometimes people will say to me, I'm not really a religious person. Well, folks, let me say something to you. I'm not really a religious person either. I'm not into a religion. I'm into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what I want. That's what I want for people. But did you know this, folks? The Bible says 1,845 times that Jesus is coming back. Every Christmas we celebrate he was born in Bethlehem. But do you realize for every one time the Bible said that he was going to be born in Bethlehem, it says eight times that he's coming back. For every one time. And, and you ever think about it, folks? Somebody dies and we'll ask this. What were their last words? What was the last thing he said? Well, listen to Jesus' last words. He which testifieth these things saith. This was Jesus' last words. Surely I come quickly. Jesus' last words were, I come quickly. Now, folks, he's coming. And there's three things that I want us to focus on as we look at his coming. The first thing when we focus on his coming is I want us to look at the signs. What are the signs of his coming? Sign number one is the rebirth of Israel. The rebirth of Israel. You say, I want to understand the end times. There's three words you better write down. Jesus, Jews, and Jerusalem. If you want to understand the end times, there's three words you got to get. Jesus, Jews, and Jerusalem. You've got to understand Israel. Somebody said, I'm just, I'm just not in, interested in that Israeli stuff. Well, let me tell you something. There, there is no Christian stuff without Israeli stuff. Amen? Jesus was not a Chinese or a Mexican or an American. He was Jewish. Amen? He never denied his Jewishness. Here's what's so interesting. You study the Bible, and all the prophecies are around Israel. But here's what's interesting. For 1,878 years, there was no nation of Israel. Why? Because in 70 A.D., there was a Roman general by the name of Titus 
He overtook Jerusalem, burned the city. The Jews, 1.1 million Jews died. Those that lived dispersed into 70 different countries. And so when you read the Bible, all the prophecies were about this nation of Israel and there was no nation of Israel. But the Bible said 700 years before Christ in Isaiah 66 and verse 8, that there would be a nation that would literally be born in a single day. How could a nation be born in a single day, in one day? Well, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 32, it says, Now learn the parable of the fig tree. You've got to understand, according to Hosea 9 and 10, and according to Jeremiah 24, the fig tree represents the nation of Israel. When his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, you know the summer is nigh. The fig tree is given life again. The fig tree is blooming again. Matthew said the fig tree would bloom again, or Israel would bloom again. On May the 15th, 1948, Israel became a nation again. Statehood was given to them. Harry Truman encouraged the United Nations to vote, and they were given statehood again. And the United States of America was the first nation to recognize Israel as an independent, free state. But long before any of that happened, the Bible said it was going to happen. And if God says an elephant's going to lay an egg, you can get your skillet. <laughs> now wait. We go back to this happening in Matthew 24, verse 32. But look, folks, likewise, when you shall see these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. It's close when you see that happen. Look at the signs. But I want to give you another sign. It's the knowledge explosion. Look what Daniel 12 and 4 says. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the end. Now look at the time we're dealing with. The end. And many shall run to and fro. Is that a prophecy of airplanes? I believe possibly. And many shall run to and fro at the end. And knowledge shall be increased. Do you realize at the end of World War II, 1945, knowledge doubled every 25 years. Today, knowledge doubles every 13 months. We see it in technology. We see it in travel. We see it in medicine. But God said at the time of the end, knowledge is going to be increased. Folks, from, from Adam to Julius Caesar, the means of travel was walking or, or an animal 
But look how knowledge has increased. Let me give you the third sign. And folks, I could give you 25, but you don't want to stay that long. Let me give you the third sign. I'm just trying to come up with current things that, that the Bible talks about. Nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons. This week in Vietnam, President Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, they met. I don't think they saw things eye to eye, but they met. You say, Pastor, Kim Jong did not give up his nuclear weapons. Were you surprised? No, no. And, and by the way, he's not going to give them up. There's nine nations that have nuclear weapons, and I don't think any of them are going to give them up. You say, well, why, why, why would you make a statement like that? Well, look what Zechariah 14 and 12 says. Now, this is at the Battle of Armageddon. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. The flesh, because of the heat, just consumes off their bodies. And their eyes shall literally rot in their holes. And their tongue shall literally be consumed in their mouth. What are we dealing with? We're dealing with a nuclear war. We're dealing with nuclear weapons. Just like God said. Let me give you one more sign. Itching ear communicators. Itching ear communicators. Look what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul said this. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. So get the time. When's he going to appear? The rapture. His kingdom when he comes. So we're dealing with when Jesus Christ comes back. But look what he said. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they'll not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall heat to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and the truth shall be turned into fables. Ninety percent of pastors say this, that this book addresses the sanctity of marriage and the sanctity of life. Ninety percent of them say it does, but only 10% of them will address it from the pulpit. 90% say that this book addresses it, but only 10% of them will address it. Think about this. Second largest Protestant denomination in the world this week meets to vote on what marriage is. Second largest denomination in America meets this week to vote. Somebody said, Pastor, what do you think? This is what I'd like to say to them. They didn't call me, but this is what I'd like to say to them. <laughs> you don't have a vote. God's already spoken.
See, folks, something's wrong. Something's wrong. We ought to always be civil, but we should not be silent to what the Word of God teaches. We've got a, a governor, a governor in Virginia, Ralph Northam. Now, what's amazing about this governor, his unique individual, uh, prior to becoming governor, he was a pediatrician, a, a, a baby doctor. This is what Governor Northam said. He said, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between physicians and the mother. So we're aborting the baby, and somehow the baby survives, and the baby gets outside the womb, and then the mother and the doctors need to converse on how we're going to kill the baby. Friend, that's barbaric. That's barbaric. Let me tell you something. Isn't it interesting that everybody that's for aborting babies has already been born themselves? I love, listen, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. He's the man, the German pastor who stood up to Hitler. This is what he said. He said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And we ought to have every pulpit in America crying out against this. So here's what I say to you. Look at the signs. They're all around us. But here's something I'd say to you. Live for the shout. Live for the shout. Live for the shout. Listen to what Adrian Rogers said. He said, we ought to be living as if Jesus died yesterday, rose this morning, and coming back this afternoon. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 8 says, 18, wherefore comfort one another with these words. The fact that Christ is coming back, if we know him, it ought to be comfort to us. Think about this. When he comes back, our trials are going to be over. Our trials are going to be over. This is what I know about you. You're either in a storm, just got out of a storm, or you're going into a storm. I mean, how many of you got a problem? Yeah. How many of you seated right beside you? Sure we do. Got a problem. But look what the Bible says in Matthew 24. For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. I read that verse. Lightning comes out of the east, shines to the west. Well, lightning don't come out of the east and shine to the west. Lightning comes out of the west, it shines to the east. The bad storms comes out of the west. But I researched. Sometimes lightning does come out of the east and shine to the west. But every time lightning comes out of the east and shines to the west, that means the storm is over. 
the storm is over. And Jesus said, when I come back for my children, as far as they're concerned, the storm is over. The storm is over. The problems of this life are over. Folks, not only when he comes back, we'll get to see Jesus. We, I mean, think about that, folks. We're going to get to see Jesus. I look forward to seeing people, but boy, I look forward to seeing Jesus more than anything else. <laughs> Listen to what 1 John 3 and 2 says. Beloved, we are now the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I, I told the other service, I said, I wish I could sing. I would give anything. I, uh, you know, I wish I could sing. I, I get requests, but I sing anyway. I wish I could sing. But if I could sing, I'd sing that old song, I long to see my precious Savior's face and sing the sweet story, I've been saved by grace. And there upon that golden strand, I'd praise him for his guiding hand. Let me tell you something. I want you to know something. Our trials are over. We get to see Jesus we're going to get a new body. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15, 52, and 53 says, In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible shall put on incorruptible, and this mortal shall put on immortality. We're going to get a new body. I, I remember years ago I was preaching in a church back home, and they were singing that song, I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. And then the, the song leader, he said, uh, I want all the women to sing that part, and I want all the men to sing the other part. And I was just standing there, I was a young Christian, and the women sang that part, I'll have a new body. <laughs> and then the men sang the other part, praise the Lord. going to get a new body. No more baldness. No more bulges. No more bunions. No more bifocals. No more bad memory. We get a new body. And we're going to be reunited with our loved ones. We're going to be reunited. The Bible says in Genesis 25 and 8, Abraham was gathered to his people. Gathered to his people. I say to you, live for the shout. But lastly, listen to the solution. What's the solution? Somebody said, Pastor, I don't know what this world's coming to. This month, I hope you explain it. Oh, I know what this world's coming to. This world's coming to Jesus. Because every knee shall bow. And every tongue's going to confess that he is Lord. Said, Brother Benny, uh, when's the Antichrist going to come? And when, when's he going to come on the scene? Well, look what the Bible says. For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. Only he whom now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. You've got to understand. The Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit as restrainer, will be removed when Jesus comes back. The church also will be removed when Jesus comes back. 
Verse 8 says, and then shall the wicked be revealed. When's the Antichrist going to be revealed? Do you think he's alive today, Pastor? I do. When's he going to be revealed? He's going to be revealed when the church is taken out. That's when he will come on the scene, sign a seven-year covenant with Israel, which I'll talk more about. Here's the question people ask. Pastor, can a person become a Christian during the tribulation period? What if I don't do it here? Can I become a Christian during the tribulation period? Three years, three and a half years of tribulation, three and a half years of great tribulation, and there, there is a great dif- difference, and I'll talk about that. Can I become a Christian? Look what the Bible says. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, the message of the Antichrist, that they all might be damned who believe not in the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Somebody said, Pastor, can I become a Christian during the tribulation period? Not if you heard the gospel before because you receive not the love of the truth. The only people that would be able to become a Christian during the tribulation period are those people who never had the opportunity to hear the gospel. Here's what I want to say to you. What's the solution? The solution is today you come into Jesus Christ. The solution is today you give in your life to Christ. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I remember when I was a little boy, the thought just hit my mind. We used to play hide and seek. You'd count to a number. You'd say, ready or not, here I come. I want you to know, folks, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. John said, even so, come, Lord. He said, Pastor, what do you believe? I just believe that old what I've said many times. I believe that trumpet's going to toot and we're going to scoot. I believe we're not going to take an airplane flight. We're going to take a plane air flight. Amen. I believe if you know the Lord, you shouldn't be looking for the undertaker. You ought to be looking for the uppertaker. You shouldn't be looking for a hole in the ground. You ought to be looking for a hole in the sky. You shouldn't be looking for the Antichrist. You ought to be looking for Jesus Christ. He didn't promise you preservation. He promised you evacuation. You're going to be gone, folks. One day I'm going to stand before my boss, take my loss, eat my supper, and come back on my horse. Jesus is coming. We're going to leave here like Superman. We're going to come back like the Long Ranger. It's going to be wonderful. I remember one story in the Bible. They was in a battle. And the angel of the Lord comes. And the man says, Have you come to take sides? He said, No. I've come to take control. I've come to take control. Jesus is not coming back to take sides. He's coming back to take control. 
See, the first time, folks, he came to this old earth, I'm sorry, but he came in shame. But the next time he comes, he'll come in splendor. The first time he came to a crucifixion, but the next time he'll come to a coronation. The first time he came to a tree, but the next time he'll come to a throne. The first time he stood before Pilate, but the next time Pilate will stand before him. The first time they said nail him, but the next time they'll say hail him. King of kings and Lord of lords, there is none like him. He's coming to take control as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's not coming vicariously. He's coming victoriously as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When he comes again, he will not need a manger. Earthly man will not his great name but as king of kings and lord of lords he'll be returning and with triumph he'll be rapturing us in ladies and gentlemen i implore you look at the signs listen for the shout listen to the solution his name is jesus his name is Jesus. Jesus is right for whatever's wrong in your life. I don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you the answer. It's Jesus. Amen. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer, you repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. 
and thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.